Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi, and welcome to the Amigos podcast. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And uh, we're going to talk about the Adams family this week. But before we do, uh, I'd like to go back to some feedback that we got last week. Uh, Sean from the Pie Factory podcast wrote in again. And uh, he uh, wrote in with some clarification on what an Amiga 1 was. So I, I thought it was a kind of a, a Mac sort of thing because it was called a, a G3. But uh, he says that it was actually uh, just built on the G3 uh, PowerPC processor. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, an iMac or anything like that. Um, he goes on to say the Amiga 1 disappeared, but a few years after it disappeared, the SAM motherboard, another Amiga OS 4 device, came out and is still being made but not quite as expensive as the Amiga one. Um, so I, I went over to AmigaKit.com, and I found these motherboards. Um, the one that I found was called the SAM 440 EP Flex. And uh, let me read you some of these stats. All right. Okay. It's a PowerPC 440 EP CPU running at 733 megahertz. All right. Um, it's got two... 100-pin DDR DIMM slots. You can put a max of one gig of RAM in there. Uh, it's got a PCI slot, four SATA ports, two integrated Ethernet ports, USB 2.0. It's got a uh, sound card on there. Uh, what would you pay for this board? Well, I've shopped at Amiga Kit, and they, I love their stock. They've got a lot of stuff, but ain't nothing come cheap. So <laughs> I'm waging you're talking some... I'm going to guess $430. $600. So you're paying $600 for a G3 uh, processor running at 733 megahertz. So that is uh, about the speed of, you know, a Mac from the early 2000s. But I guess for Amiga hardware, if you're running an OS 4, uh, I guess it must be blazing. Well, if you think about it this way, now that is a substantial wad of cash. It is. However... Uh, you're getting all the uh, all the uh, enjoyment of a power PC chip of some quality uh, combined with some modern stuff, the SATAs and stuff. That'd be nice to have, you know. I mean, it's expensive. I don't, I'm not necessarily sure what you would do with it. Maybe someone out there is running maybe a modern Amiga setup like that, or I'd like to hear what they do. You know, what the, I'm sure they make stuff for it, but I mean, I, I've seen some videos of people running modern Amiga stuff you know but uh yeah so if you're running one of these boards uh leave a comment in the blog i want to know what you're what you're putting in all those SATA ports because that's those are just you know hard drive ports right that's right yeah so uh, i'm interested to know yeah Um, interesting there's also on the site there's an amiga one system it's a full tower it's called the amiga one x1000 uh it'll run workbench in hd snap unfortunately Again, it rings up for a cool $3,300. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm not surprised by that. But the, this stuff goes at a premium on, on, 
on that site. And I'd say that I don't think they're necessarily jack on prices. This stuff's expensive, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you're looking at the hobbyist electronics market, <laughs> yeah. it's a small niche and you've got to price accordingly. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see. Moving on. Uh, what do you have for us this week on our uh, hardware segment, Aaron? Well, we're going to divert a bit from a hardware uh, look back. Uh, I, someone mentioned on one of the comments that they wish they could still play a certain game or whatnot, or they missed playing some of their Amiga stuff. So I thought, since we're early in our run on the on the podcast, it might be a good time to go over some alternatives to having an actual Amiga to play some of the classic games that we play. And uh, there are quite a few options for a person that doesn't have an Amiga, doesn't have the money to get into Amiga, doesn't have one sitting around from back in the day. Now, uh, the uh, uh, before I go into this, I will say... Nothing beats having an actual factual Amiga. Uh, I've got several of them. I play my games on the actual Amiga. It's great. I play them all the time. I've always got the Amiga hooked up. And with modern technology, uh, you can take your original Amiga and make it much more user-friendly. And we'll probably go into that somewhere in the future. Uh, But, uh, like, for example, in my Amiga 1200, I use the IDE um, interface on it to run a, a, a card. Uh, compact flash memory card pretty standard stuff a lot of people with 1200s uh, do it that way and you just load the games right up there's a great interface and uh, it works great and you can have all your games in at once you don't have to go and load those floppy disks that are 20 or 25 years old try to load them up but uh, if you don't have an Amiga sitting around there are options uh, first and, and probably most widely used option is a program called Win UAE. Uh, it's been around since about 1995. Uh, I always wondered what Win UAE what that stood for. I looked it up, uh, and originally, um, the Win UAE is a is a great, uh, very fully developed uh, emulator for the Amiga. It'll emulate uh, most of the processors. It will, in fact, I think it emulates all the processors. It'll emulate all the Amigas pretty much, all the various ports, special software, special memory configurations. Uh, it's great. Uh, the caveat is it can be difficult to set up and use. I've got a WinUAE set up at home uh, with, a, with a hard drive file to simulate a Windows or simulate an Amiga uh, with a hard drive. Um, wasn't the easiest thing I've ever done, and I sort of know what I'm doing, so I can see someone that's not real uh, knowledgeable about how the Amiga works just goes in there and tries to play you know, Blood Money or something. They may be in trouble. The, uh, the bottom line on that, uh, you have to have some knowledge of what you're doing. There are forums, there, there are uh, pages that you can go to for help, but uh, it's not the easiest thing to use. Now that said, uh, it's definitely the widest used emulator for Amiga. It's pretty much the only game in town these days. It's been ported to Linux, the Mac, obviously uh, Windows, DOS, and it's on a bunch of crazy stuff like... Uh, uh, free BSD and BIOS and it, they had a Palm version if you can believe that <laughs> the Android has a version uh, another one I use quite a bit is the Xbox the original Xbox has a, has a version that works real well PSP, the GP2X if you've ever heard of one of those it's a little handheld from Korea uh, they've got a version for iOS they've got a version on the Wii they've got a version on the Dreamcast uh, so there are a lot of options out there to use when you and if you use one of the options on say one of the consoles It's actually a lot easier to use uh, But it, they're limited. 
you're not going to get the full meal deal that you do on the PC. Uh, another thing you have to do with uh, when you has come up with a Kickstart ROM. Uh, it doesn't include any Kickstart Kickstart ROMs. Doesn't include any discs. So you're going to have to have access to images and Kickstart ROMs. Uh, the only place you can get Kickstart ROM uh, Kickstart ROMs legally is from a company called Cloanto. Uh, they have all the rights to the Kickstart ROMs. I mean, let's face facts. If you want to go out there and pilfer around, you can find every Kickstart ROM with minimal effort. Yeah. And However, if, if, if at this point you're playing Amiga games and you want to emulate them, chances are you don't own all the games that you want to emulate. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the That much said, Cloanto is a good company. I'll get to them in a second because they have another product that I want to talk about. Uh, but they do sell the uh, the uh, Kickstart ROMs uh, on their website, and uh, like they've been the uh, sole distributors of the Kickstarts for quite a while. So, with the Kickstart with the Kickstart files, WinUAE, you can get yourself in business. WinUAE is a free program; just you can download it anywhere. Just Google it; it comes right up. Uh, it's a good program. Uh, second on the list is a is going back to Cloanto. They make an excellent package called Amiga Forever. Uh, I have uh, used Amiga Forever. It's an excellent, uh, it's an excellent little program. It basically simplifies the use of WinUAU. It's sort of like a front end that uh, uh, they the games come out in packets. Each game you come come up with to play, it will it will find basically uh, it will set all the settings for you. You run it, it works. Uh, it's got a nice interface. They do a lot of updates. They they continuously update it and put out new versions and. Uh, the kickstarts will come with it. Uh, they also make an awesome program uh, called Amiga Explorer. It lets you hook your Amiga up to your PC with a uh, with a uh, cable, and the uh, allows you to set the PC up as like a uh, sort of like a hard drive for the Amiga, and vice versa. You can basically transfer data back and forth, and you can also that is one way you can actually legally pull your own ROMs off your own Amiga. So you can pull the Kickstart ROMs yes. off your own Amiga. With yeah, that? I mean, obviously not a not a one thousand like we talked about, but because it didn't have Kickstart ROMs, but all the other Amigas, you can go in and you can legally pull those off, make a copy of your own, uh, if you know, if that's your thing. Mm-hmm. It's available to them, and it's a, it's a good program. Uh, if for any reason, just for the Explorer, which I believe ships with Ami- uh, uh, Amiga Forever, uh, but uh, Amiga Forever they they constantly update it. It does a real good job. And it's it's pretty inexpensive. It's too. pretty reasonable. I think it starts at about ten bucks, and they have yeah. different kind of levels. And I think they, I think it includes a bunch of games at the higher levels and some demos. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and when I say demo, I don't, I don't mean demos of games. I mean like demos, like Amiga demos, which has a whole other topic. This special demonstrations of the hardware that what the hardware can do with software and music and whatnot. Um, but excellent, excellent program. I recommend uh, Amiga Forever. I'll, I'll the times I've used it, I've always enjoyed it. Um, the third uh, possibility to play games. Now, this we get into sort of a quasi-legal area here, okay? And when I say quasi-legal, I sort of mean not legal. <laughs> but I'm going to mention it because it's a handy tool. There's That's a, a group called The Company. Uh, I, I got into The Company pretty much right out of the gate. I stumbled onto them. Started working in the mailroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they are, and, and they have a website. We'll put a link to it. Um, and I know Boats used Boats put on that site. The they basically they took Amiga games, they took Win UAE, they took the Kickstart ROMs, and they mush everything into one executable file. Uh, 
it's no must, no fuss. If I download, let's say, Battle Chess, and it's one EXE file, it's for Windows, it sets on your desktop or wherever you put it. You double-click on this, it doesn't install, it doesn't uncompress, it plays the game. Uh, the, uh, they've they've uh, streamlined the interface. Usually you hit F12, I believe. It comes up, you can set up your ports, you set up your joysticks, you set up uh, the sound, you set up everything. It's very simple and it works very well. Um, they have, uh, at last count, they had almost 500 games supported for the Amiga. Uh, they run the Gambit. And another thing about it that's nice is uh, it's a heck of a lot faster than using the discs. I can tell mm-hmm. you that. Uh, if you've got a game that has multiple discs, let's say Body Blows, for example, or, or Street Fighter Two, God forbid, that you want to play that on the Amiga, you can, uh, you can run these and there's no swapping. It takes care of all that for you. So it's, it's an excellent tool. They also have um, uh, some demos. They also have a few apps that, that were on the Amiga as well that you can check out. But it's mostly games. Um, I will say that if you're running a Windows 8 or 10, uh, the, uh, they broke support for a large chunk of these games. Uh, these, I will say the company has been revising the games. If you get anything that is uh, marked two, version 2.6 and up, you should be okay to play on the newer OSs. Uh, if you if you don't, uh, uh, you're gonna have to play them on something else. I don't I, I don't know of a workaround that will let you play them on the on the new OSs. So that's a thing. I think they're still cooking. I, I I've checked their uh, website occasionally. I haven't seen an update for a while, uh, but I'm assuming there's they're still uh, they're still updating. And and I guess the company is just a conglomeration of a bunch of uh, guys that are. I mean I I don't know exactly even who they are. You know, for, per se, a bunch of different guys that are doing it, going in and doing the games. I know there's different groups that are doing it, but I honestly don't know who does. Do you have any idea on that? No, when you, I think when you're in that line of work, you know, it's, yeah, it's Fez and Fuzzy and right, Pirate all, McJoe. All the cracker names. That... <laughs> I think you're probably right. Uh, one last uh, sort of wacky way you can play some Amiga stuff uh, is uh, on the web in your browser. Uh, there are uh, a ton of sites out there. Uh, again, legality questionable because Cloano owns those kickstart images straight up and then your various copyright holders are going to have copyrights to a lot of those games. I don't know how many have been released into the public domain I think CinemaWare released some I'm sure some have been released like I think the Grand Theft Auto series was released in the public domain the old ones uh, but I don't know what else but, and, but you're going to be seeing a lot more than that with this stuff uh, again, uh, the these are like Java based. based. I think there's a HTML HTML5 based MIG emulator that was out on the uh, that was out for Chrome. I mean, and, and these are just websites you go to, uh, and uh, we'll we'll try to link a few up. I, I looked at some, uh, you know, they're a little fuzzy. I don't. If you really want to play Amiga stuff and you and you don't have any other way to do it, that's that's a way you could give it a shot. And you might find you might better go through and find one that you think is really solid. I had mixed results on the ones that I tried. Um, the uh, <coughs> to, to summarize, um, a great way to play a great way to play the old Amiga stuff is on your old consoles, uh, especially like the old Xbox. Uh, the uh, the Wii has an excellent, like I said, an excellent Amiga emulator. Uh, the GP2X has a pretty good one. Uh, the PSP. Uh, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the uh, old consoles that have been uh, set up to support homebrew. Can can play a lot of the Amiga emulation stuff. 
then you can go out and find the games. There, there are ways to find them. You know, I'm not going to go into them here for the obvious reasons, but if that's your bag and you want to try to find something that's that's been uploaded, they're pretty much all there. Uh, but uh, there's plenty of ways to play. Hopefully, you guys will play along with what we're playing and uh, shoot us over your scores. Let us know how, how bad we are or how great we are, which is probably bad. <laughs> and uh, at least for those that, that haven't had a chance to play one, you know, give it a shot. And, hey, after you play some games, you might want to go out and buy yourself an Amiga. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's time to move towards the game of the week. Amigo's game of the week. All right. This week's game of the week is the Adams Family. And uh, Aaron is kind of our resident expert on the Adams Family. Yeah. And uh, he's going to give us a little history lesson behind the uh, franchise. Well, the uh, obviously the game was based on the on the film that came out, uh, The Adams Family, based on the original TV show, which was based on a comic strip. Uh, the comic strip uh, ran in the New Yorker for a long time. Uh, the fellow that made it, his name was Adams. It was the Adams family. He came up with all the characters. It ran for quite a while. Uh, the uh, uh, characters survived intact, pretty much from the old, from the old uh, cartoons, uh, the old, uh, like so the New Yorker cartoons. I, I did read that when the uh, TV series came out, they suspended the cart, the uh, comic strip, the New Yorker, uh, and suspended it for a long time. I don't know if they were mad or. Didn't want to support the TV show, right? Well, you know, the New Yorker is kind of a highbrow organization, well, and yeah, uh, yeah. network TV. You know, maybe they didn't want to be associated <laughs> with that. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, the The original uh, show I used to I watched it a little bit. And obviously, I didn't watch it was on, but I was, everyone probably saw it in reruns. Uh, it had uh, I think John Aston played uh, uh, Gomez. Boy, I can't remember the, most of those characters. That's he's really the only one I can think of off the top of my head that I can remember, remember his name because he went on to do a, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, he was in uh, he was in so much stuff. I loved him and everything he did. He was in Night Court. He was great. He was in uh, Briscoe County Junior. If anybody watched that show, he was great in that. He was he was in the um, uh, Rod Serling's Night Gallery. He was in a bunch of episodes of that. He directed an episode of that. Uh, he was also uh, uh, he was also uh, doing some directing through the 70s and 80s he's been around for a while uh the uh the movie version uh starred raw julia in the role of gomez i think uh, uh morticia uh what was her name that played morticia she was another famous actress yeah i can't remember angelica I, houston right she played she played her and christy christina ricci played wednesday yeah uh and uh, uh, uh fester was uh uh it was the another guy that I, he was he was Reverend Jim from Taxi. He was uh, he was in Star Trek. It was uh, the guy that played Doctor Doc Brown in uh, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, yeah, he played Fester. Uh, so this was a this was a a, uh, a game that was pulled out of the uh, out of the movie. The movie did pretty well. Uh, so the game, you know, I think the movie made about one hundred and forty million dollars uh, on a thirty million dollar budget. So it did quite well. It was very well received. It, uh, it also spawned uh, the all-time best-selling pinball machine, which is the Adams Family pinball machine, which I believe moved thirty thousand units. Is that right? Bo? Yeah, I Some think it was is not only the best-selling pinball machine, but I think that it was the most manufactured pinball yes, machine of all time. Which is was. a lot of people think that the Adams Family is a super rare machine because of the prices that it goes for, but it's actually the opposite is true. It's yeah. just it's super expensive because it's super desirable. Yeah, yeah, it's very popular. We, me and myself and Boat are also pinball owners, and so. We see a lot of these things come and go, and that's one you you see go for a uh, a hefty fee. It's right up there with your Twilight Zones and your and the and uh, those sorts of machines. 
Uh, so anyway, the game uh, the game was uh, pretty well received. I just looked up some history on it to see, you know, I wasn't even sure what it had been released on, uh, and it got released on the, uh, it was on the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, uh, the NES had, I sort of had a, this, I guess it was the same game, it was the Adams Family. Well, the, it was, the Adams Family was ported to almost every machine. Yeah. Literally almost every machine. Uh, there were a couple different ports within the, the series, though. The Super Nintendo, the Genesis, the Amiga, and the Atari ST versions were all the same. Okay. The NES, Master System, and sort of the Game Gear port is kind of the same. The Game Boy port, I think, is on its own, but it shares certain things in common with the other 8-bit ports. So even though it was ported to a bunch of machines, obviously technical limitations uh, made it so certain aspects of the the 16-bit system things couldn't couldn't make it to the 8-bit. If you think about how crazy that is, that that's a that's a wide swath. Oh yeah, of, of machine and and varied. You know, well, you've got computers and, and and portables and and, and consoles. That's kind of kind of nutty. Yeah, yeah. It, it came out in '92. Right. So that was right, you know, around the launch of the Super Nintendo. And so, you know, the Genesis had been out for a couple of years at that point. But that was really when the 16-bit movement was gathering speed. But at the same time, there were still lots and lots of people that had, you know, the regular Nintendo. So I think a lot of a lot of licensed games at that time, you know, from, say, 91 to 93, were just released on both, both sets of platforms. It's neat to think that something went from the Atari, that spanned the globe from, say, the Atari ST and the Amiga down to the... The Master System. Or the Game, the Game Boy, Boy, yeah. That's kind of cool. I mean, I wonder how many movie-licensed games have are on that many. I mean, I know they try to spread them out, but I mean, that's a wide variety of systems over were over a couple of different generations. It's yeah. Kinda... I mean, I can just think of off the top of my head Terminator 2. Again, released in around 92, 91, 92, 93. It spanned the thing. Really? Even on the Master System, there's a... You know, I don't know about the Master System, the but Master I know... System, is it, you mean talking about the gun game? No, I'm just talking about there was a separate Terminator game. But I mean, there, what, what was it? That, a, was it a shooting game or was no, it a platformer? It was, it was a plat. Well, it depends. The NES version was an isometric three quarters deal, right? Um, then there was T2, the arcade game, which was the gun. That's game. the one I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course that was. But again, you know, you're talking about you know a licensed game that it has these different games, but there are different games released. You know, just due to the limitations of the system. I don't know if the any the eight bit systems I don't think could handle the fast action of the shooter. I wonder how many games that the uh, Atari ST and the Master System have in common. <laughs> I bet that's a pretty small <laughs> Venn diagram. It can't be too many, <laughs> you know. That's crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, the the 8-bit games are not really great. I mean, they're, they don't control very well. The, the goals aren't as immediately apparent as the 16-bit versions. But graphically, they look good. And, I mean, the whole theme of the Adams Family, where you're going into the mansion and you're exploring the rooms, you know, all that is the same on all the different systems, that, that central premise. Mm. I, I had a quick look at the NES version. I looked at some of the 16-bit versions as well. And, the, I, and that's where I got confused because I, I knew they had an NES version, but... I couldn't tell how closely it related to the one we played, the Amiga version. I'm right. guessing not. There's not a similarity. Yeah, it's the got theme. it's got one of the same bosses. The bird makes an appearance, I think, in every port. Oh, that bird! Uh, but other oh. than that, they are not. They're not very similar. I see. Um, just a couple statistics for uh, the game. Not really statistics. The the, the credits. Uh, James Higgins was the coder. Um, I couldn't find anything else that he did on Lemon Amiga. Um, 
but I'm sure he did other things. Uh, this is released by Ocean, by the way, published by Ocean, um, British developer, uh, most famous for its licensed titles. Yeah, and uh, or infamous rather. This is. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking. <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, graphics is uh, Simon Butler, who did the game Elf. Did you ever play that? On I Amiga? have. I've had a cup of coffee with Elf, but haven't really dug into it. Okay. Put it on the list, Boat. <laughs> All right. Elf is on the list. Warren Lancashire, a very British name, uh, did uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, Jonathan Dunn, he was the musician. Uh, he did Batman, the music for Batman, and also the music oh. for Bart versus the Space Mutants. Okay. Um, out of all the different ports, the Super Nintendo is the superior port. Uh, I believe the Amiga version might have been released first. But I'd, the, I'd wondered about that, yeah. But the Super Nintendo version has more, they had kind of have tiled backgrounds yes, instead I, of the black background. You know, I'll tell you, when when I first played this, uh, and I, I don't come from a, a Nintendo background. I was playing mostly computer stuff. Uh, and I was really impressed. I was like, I, I thought, man, this really looks good. It played real well. And then I thought, well, you know, after I gave it a whirl, I'll, I'll go look at these other versions. And I was I was blown away uh, at the at the Super Nintendo version. It's really uh, it looks a lot like the Amiga version with just an awesome background inset in there. And it looked it really was a nice effect. And it seems like the Amiga could have pulled that off because it seems like that I read the Atari ST version had that too. And the Amiga was a match for the Atari ST any day of the week. So I don't know. I wondered that myself if the Amiga came first and they try to jazz them up for other ones. And I, I looked. I couldn't tell. I couldn't ever find out which one came out first. Yeah, a lot of these games, it's really hard to pin down an exact release date because they just didn't, you know, they didn't release that information. And uh, but that's the way it seems to me. The biggest fault. Uh, well, there, there's there's a couple things that are different. I don't know if you noticed in the Super Nintendo version, um, there are actually weapons that Gomez can use. I saw that. It looked like it had a fencing mm-hmm. uh, a foil. Fe- a fencing foil. I, I, it's the only one I saw. I didn't go. Didn't watch a ton of it, but I, I was like, huh, that would have been handy. Yeah, he's got that, <laughs> which fits the theme of the movie. Sure. He also has a bouncing ball, which doesn't fit anything. But Mr. Do style? Yeah, Mr. Do style. It's kind of a bouncing ball that works kind of like a fireball from Mario. Oh, okay. Um and uh, but those, you know, I think that they might have taken those out just because they require that second button on the controller. Uh, just you know, again, it makes me wonder if the Amiga version came out first and those just weren't available, or because a fencing foil, you could have done something. Surely, I mean, you could have. Then again, you get to that old point where you're jumping by putting up, and on mm-hmm. this kind of game, that would have been a real travesty. So, I guess my question is, did the Amiga version have the same? sort of enemies that the Nintendo... Because, I mean, it seemed really hard. I thought to myself, weapons would have been useful, uh, you know, but they weren't necessary. Right. Well, I can tell you this, because the Adams Family is probably the game that I am the most familiar with of any game of all time. Um, <laughs> oh, and the Amiga version and the Super Nintendo version, the enemy placement, the rooms, the bosses, the music, even the music is all identical. So um, the, the ports, you know, the only difference is they don't have the backgrounds, the weapons are gone, and the biggest fault to me is that on the Super Nintendo version, they name each one of the rooms. I noticed that, and that would have helped. It was kind of, I, would, I was easily lost in the mansion. Yeah, and the thing is, too, some of these levels are long. Yes. And uh, when you have a little kind of uh, kind of humorous name to the room, it kind of kind of give you some moral support when you're going along. And it's it's kind of a British thing to do, too, because Manic Miner, Jet Set Willy, the Dizzy series, they all had these named levels. Sure, yeah, I remember in Jet Set Willy. The, the, yeah, I know exactly, yeah. 
They did have those. So I don't know why they left those out of the Amiga version. Uh, they could have easily, I'm sure the Amiga could have handled that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but other than that, the ports are exactly the same. So they're a duplicate, pretty much. Yeah. And, and so the, the mansion, the grounds, everything, all the secret the stuff. the same. All the secret stuff. Because I, I noticed the difference on at least one thing. What's that? I think. Um, I noticed uh, when you when you go into the mansion, you go left. Mm-hmm. Under the stairs is a secret door. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went in there. There were some one-ups in there and some mm-hmm. other stuff. I think I think in, uh, uh, there were some hearts and whatnot. And, were, and you could get into some other stuff in there. I watched a, a video of a fellow playing the Super Nintendo version, and it seemed like there were like a ton of more stuff in that secret room and a ton more one-ups. Well, I'll tell you, what you have to do is when you get into that room, you have to go up to the corner, press up again. There's a second secret door. I went in there. All that stuff. I got in there. It's it's all everything is a hundred percent really. Mm-hmm. It must maybe I got into another spot that I don't. The like. only there's one small difference that has to do with a fez and the shoes that's different that I'll point out in the live stream because it would be boring to recount it here. Uh-huh. But if you're interested in an in depth view of uh, the Adams family and all the things, all the secrets, all of the ways that it's different than the Super Nintendo version, stick around for our our live stream and our YouTube archive of that. Because uh, I'm going to go through all of that as we do a complete playthrough of the Adams Family. Yeah, because I've got a couple. There's a couple spots that I just could not figure out what I was supposed to do, and I knew there was something that was missing. Mm-hmm. I remember there was one key. It was through that secret door where you get the super jumping shoes mm-hmm. to jump across this colossal pit mm-hmm. to get the fez, the flying fez. And once I got the fez, I didn't know what to do, right, or where to fly. So you could. I'm guessing you know. Where I will that's show at. you. Yeah, I'll show you all that. This does stuff. not bode well for my score today, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I feel a beat down coming. On. Um, there's an excellent comparison between the Super Nintendo Mega Drive slash Genesis uh, Atari ST and Amiga versions of uh, this game at uh, Retro Sanctuary. I think I said that twice. Uh, I'll put the link to that in the show notes. That's where I I'd never uh, seen the Atari ST version, but they break it down and they show you uh, the differences in the graphics. And uh, apparently, the biggest fault of the Atari ST version is that it's kind of stuttery. The scrolling is not smooth. Did they, it, it did have the tiled background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it did. See that that is odd. I, I'd be interested to know why the Amiga didn't get that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and again, it could have just been the first version that they had to rush out, and then once it sold well, they decided to port it. I don't know. It reminded me if you've ever played Prince of Persia, which maybe one of these days we'll get to, we'll get along to that one. The Amiga version, which is great, the sound is outstanding. But uh, if you watch the Genesis version or the Super Nintendo version, they have very pretty backgrounds. The Amiga background is just black. It's mm-hmm. just completely black. It's a lot like this, and I'll makes me wonder yeah. why it's and, like that or if this is the first or, time they did it. You know, it, it could have been one of those things where, you know, maybe it was the size of the game, the size of the other sprites, because the sprites are big and they're well animated and they're detailed, mm-hmm. you know. This isn't uh, Lionheart or something like that where, you know, there's the sprites are a little bit smaller, the enemies aren't quite as detailed, but they were able to put those parallax backgrounds, you know, on the stages that were real pretty. Sure. I, uh, I will say, I went into this... I wasn't enthused, I'll be honest with you. Especially after playing Super Frog, uh, you know, some of the more colorful platformers. I thought, oh, here we go, and Adam's family. Cause I, but I'll have to say, uh, I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. Once I sat down and got my and got my fingers on this thing, got in there and started looking around, it is an out. I can see what all the hype is about. It is an outstanding game. The uh, secret rooms and stuff really make it fun. The mansion aspect is is a brilliant use of the of the intellectual property to go through the mansion is neat. It just see all their crazy rooms. Now, I mean, 
it's not for the faint of heart. This is a hard freaking game. I don't have the I don't have the jack <laughs> to get too far. You know, even with the, the extra men I found and some of the stuff I stumbled across, I don't have the I don't have what it takes to get too far in this game. But it's a fun game. You can get enough extra men, I think, to where you can ex- to try. Like you mentioned, that bird. You had to climb up that tree. I remember I climbed up the tree the first time just to get that heart that's on the far side of the screen. And when I saw a bird up there, I about died. The thing killed me. <laughs> and it was my life goal to kill this bird. And I'll tell you, I'll, I will straight up tell you that my best game ever, I had extra men built up, and I used every one of them trying to kill this stupid bird. <laughs> and I could get him down to two hit points. And he, it was tough. You had to jump just on the top of his head. And if he touched any part of you, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And you've got two hit points. It's tough. It's a tough game, but it's fun. It, they, they keep everything light. Uh, the, the enemies are great. They're varied. I watched the guy run through it, and it was long. A lot of varied levels. The sound is great. The music is outstanding. And I just thought it was a, a just a, a treat to play. I was really impressed with it. Uh, the uh, controls are, unlike Super Frog, the controls are tight, mm-hmm. I thought. I don't know how you felt about them. I thought they were tight. The jumping was tight. I didn't feel like the game was... When I died, I didn't feel like it was because the game screwed me. Right. I knew I'd screwed up. Mm-hmm. Generally, it was hard. You know, you know when you're gonna die. Uh, I, the the uh, little touches. You know, when you don't do anything, Gomez looks up and taps the his foot. Anima- animation. Yeah, yeah, I love that mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, I just thought it was outstanding. I will say, I did watch the uh, game being beaten, uh, so I could get a full view of it. I didn't beat it, folks. And uh, uh, at the end of the game. That would be a letdown. Uh, not to spoil it for anybody, but the the uh, the you know the twenty some year old game. But the the ending, I would be an- annoyed <laughs> if it was me. Now I have not beaten the game on the Amiga yet. I'm sa- I was saving it for this stream so I could record. You think my you can do it? Impre- oh, I know I can. Oh, geez. Um, but uh, but I'm going to be interested to see how because the Super Nintendo ending is pretty darn cool. So I'm wondering what is different about the ending of this game. So. Uh, stay tuned for that. Let me ask you a question, Boat. Uh, according to what I saw, this game, you could run through this game. It's, it, the the run through I saw took well over an hour and a half. Oh, uh, this will be, I'll, I'll beat it in half the time. <laughs> wow, half the time. Yeah, I'll beat it in about 45 minutes. All right, you heard him, guys. But he, but Boat's, I've seen Boat play this on the, uh, on the, what was a Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. and he's a, he's a, he's a good hand, there's no doubt. Uh, <clears throat> the uh, reviews of the Adams Family were generally positive. Uh, most people were just, uh, you know, dumbfounded that this licensed game could be so good because Ocean did not have a good track record uh, before this point or after this point of making good licensed games. This no, is- no offense to our British fans, because I can tell you right now, uh, they, the uh, a lot of the people in the UK really like Ocean a lot, and they, to be fair, they had some good. Hey, I like Navy Seals, for example, horrible film, but I always liked the game. So they they put out some good stuff, but yeah. They did a lot of I just ha- I have very bad memories of the Jurassic Park on the Super Nintendo. You could play as the Raptor. You don't That was a big selling point, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the ocean, they, they can open doors. Yeah. <laughs> you got that going for <laughs> That's you. That's true. Uh, you know, they uh they really knocked it out of the park on this one. Uh, Retro Gamer magazine called it the greatest platformer on the 16-bit system. They they even said that it was better than Mario, if I recall correctly. They devoted an entire issue to it that I wish I still had, but when I moved back from England, I, I left all those at the Oxfam. Dope. So. That's high praise, by the way, because the Mario games, in turn, those are the uh, the holy grail of platformers on, on the consoles. I would put this, you know, the plot on this is awful good. Mm-hmm. I think really that makes it, 
that makes the game come together. Exploring the mansion. Uh, I have to say, if you told me before we reviewed this, that's like, oh yeah, it's on part Mario. I'd have been like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but it's awful good. It that's is awful, awful good. And it, this, you know, backgrounds aside on the Amiga, it plays awful good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would, I would go so far to say that if it's not better than Mario, it's the, by far the best Western developed. Uh, platforming game on the 16-bit systems. I can't think of one that's better. Now we'll have to go through all the Amiga platformers to see how they compare. <laughs> you know, we've played some of the best ones right out of the gate. I mean, really, we hadn't planned it that way, but mm-hmm. <laughs> and, the best you know, ones. They, they really made a great design decision with the Amiga to make the jump, the button on the joystick jump. Agreed. That was a that's a big failing. I I on Super Frog, you just can't pinpoint control. I can anyway. I mean, I guess people get used to it, but I would personally rather hit the button. Even the speed run that we saw, it was done on the the DOS platform. I think because the, you have that that jump option on there. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, just an, another thing that makes this game really unique is that it's it's really an open world platformer. I yes. mean, you can go, you can tackle any of the levels in any order. If you get bored with a level and you want to just go back to the hallway, you can just turn around and go back to where you were. I love that. I love that aspect. I w- I picked different ways almost every time, and it it kept the game fresh. It really did. I mean, that's really a brilliant move. Another yeah. brilliant move. No, I mean, you it, it wasn't linear. You could you could and there were places that you could have shortcuts to go back to the hall if you got to the middle of a level and you wanted to go back and try another level. Maybe come back later. I like that. I, I thought that was an awesome addition. Yeah. So uh, Adam's family, thumbs up. From, oh, yeah. oh yeah, two from, two big, or at least uh, five fingers up. Yeah, you know? two sombreros up. Yeah. Oh jeez. <laughs> might might be a little racist. Um. So that is uh, Amigos review of the Adams family. Uh, Love it. This has been Amigos podcast scores number three scores, Mister Bo. But before we before we go away. We need to do the scores. I forgot about the scores because I'm just so excited to. Uh, I think start we should just forget stream. about the scores. So, Aaron, <laughs> what was your score? Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, and, oh, there was one problem with this, and I'll okay. When you died, you could not see your score. Oh, true, true. And it was killing me because I would have a good game going, and I would die, and then I, the score's gone in the ether. You could not find the score, so you had to be an eagle-eyed sucker and keep an eye on that score, or it was impossible to write down. Uh, so I, this was the best score that I saw before I died. And the caveat to this, I chewed up five men trying to kill that stupid bird. I'll admit it. Uh, he had to die. <laughs> but this was the best game I had. Uh, and I hate to even say this, but my best game on, on one quarter, 26,530. That's what I had. All right. Um, I did not record my score this week because I, I have not beaten the game yet, and so I'm eager to see what my score is after the game is oh, complete. Uh, hey, for now, I'm winning. So for yes. now, Aaron is winning. Uh, stay tuned for the live stream. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say? Oh, what are we going to do next week? Next week. this is your It's your choice. It's your week. Oh, boy. Well, should we go out of platformers here? Let's try... Uh, Let's go in a different directions. It's funny, I, I gave this no previous thought. Uh, uh, but uh, Much like most of this podcast. You know, there, I hate to do one more platform because we've done so many, so let's try something else. Let's try a game. This is a simple game, but it, 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 it harkens back to the early days of the Amigos when the first big titles released. I would like for us to review Marble Madness. Oh, that'll be great. It was a, it was an early release. I think it even runs on uh, Kickstart 1.2. And uh, that would be a neat one to look at. Yeah, that'll be another fun one to compare uh, different platforms to. 
So, if you'd like to uh, start playing that and racking up your, your top scores, uh, we'll start playing it. Also, you might want to mention that uh, we have uh, uh, we have a new affiliation. Oh, yeah. Well, it's also in the bumper at the beginning of the show. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> but uh, we are now proud members of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. Uh, special thanks to uh, Rob Flack O'Hara for inviting us in. It's quite an elite group of podcasts. Uh, the Antic Atari 8-Bit podcast is on there. Uh Sprite Castle C64 podcast. I mean, there's some great podcasts on that network, and we're proud to be uh, a another podcast. I won't say we're another great podcast on there. <laughs> we snuck we snuck <laughs> in the back door when no one was looking. I, I I think it's great. It's great news. I'm a big fan of of, of Flack. I listen to his podcasts. Uh, I, I love them on the Retroist, which is another brilliant podcast. And it's a it's a real honor and a treat to be uh, even. Uh, mentioned along with those other fine uh, podcasts and we're going to try to do our best to live up to the to the uh, standard that they've set absolutely and so uh this has been amigos episode three adios 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 adios